Road. Noun. Path upon which travel occurs. Every trip taken, drivers and riders alike, on that ribbon of highway. Every breath and every sound passing through that endless skyway. From singers on records and stages, to listeners just singing along. From Bonavista to Vancouver Island. Your life is a movie, your story, and it's your soundtrack, your playlist, your mixtape. It's lyrics that speak to you and speak for you. It's rhythms and grooves that make you want to dance. And it's chords and melodies that make you want to cry, smile, scream, laugh, or even maybe make you want to write your own songs. My name is Karak Hendricks, and this road is mine. Hello, everyone. My name is Karak Hendricks. This road is mine. Got my son Cohen here across the table. And uh, we also have a special guest, which uh, anyone watching (laughs) on YouTube can see. We've got uh, little Archer here, the one and only, the cat. He, for some reason, has decided to join us and uh, plop right in the middle. I had all my strings, guitar strings, laid out in order of size from smallest to largest. That is out the window now. (laughs) And uh, it's just numerical, so. Well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, I should be able to pull that together relatively quickly. Um, yeah, let's put your mic a little bit closer there. Yeah. So yeah, we are, uh, we're just going to be rocking the, the discussion today is all about, uh, this was a big one for me, probably a big one for you too. We, uh, well, certainly the guitar player. Well, look at that. Yeah. Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to just push that right there. And uh, for anyone watching on YouTube, yeah, you're going to see the cover of that beautiful national guitar. That is a, uh, a Dobro is actually a brand name. It's like Kleenex, you know, yeah. But it's uh, uh, what you'd call a resonator guitar, an aluminum or, well, metal resonator guitar. Looks cool. <laughs> they look fantastic, yeah. The, they, the frets are cool, too. Like, it makes an X there. I never noticed that's that. That's true. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I assume that's a drawing, but, man, I don't know. It looks pretty real. Would they always have uh, fret like dots like that? Because it's like that's usually the twelfth yeah. or the, the the twelve has one, fifteen has two, seventeen oh, okay. has one, and then nineteen has two. 19 has two, okay, and then twenty four has two. Normally again. twelve has yeah two, okay. But yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Mark Knopfler, Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. Obviously, yep. is the album that I grabbed. It's uh, it's also the the oldest or sorry the newest one i have on vinyl i have uh dire Straits was a was a big earworm in my household we had mm. um obviously the first album dire Straits 78 communique 79 yeah. and uh and then it's funny because probably my favorite one is making movies the third album and oh, it's right. one i don't have on yeah. vinyl but uh should probably correct that sometime yeah i haven't listened to dire Straits in years honestly yeah it's Did, been quite a while since i've gone through their stuff did you uh, did you go through like full albums? I can't even remember what you I went through. I don't know. I know that uh, when I had my paper route when I was like ten, they were on my listening at the time. Yeah. Uh, at some point, I probably did. Nice. 
So, well, I mean, they can be a little bit redundant as a band in some ways. I, I fully understand why people might tune out on them. Um, certainly for guitar nerds, they were and still are like a, a an amazing band. There's really no one quite like Mark Knopfler. I mean, you can f- you can hear his influences pretty directly. Obviously, mm-hmm. JJ Kale. Yeah, we yeah. talked about JJ Kale a lot, um, and he is British, so the the Albert Lee connection. There was a contingent of uh, what they called over there pub rock. You know, that's right. where your your bands like Brinsley Schwartz and uh, uh, Dave Edmonds. Uh, those oh, are yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely Nick Lowe. Those kinds of guys. So he, in some ways, fell into that trap. But um, yeah, like if you you can hear Salton's Swing anytime when it's on the radio, and you go, "Wow, wasn't that's that a great cool?" Song. Yeah, yeah, that's actually uh, it came on the radio. Uh, probably on Pop Rocks. Yeah, I don't because I don't think that was a lithium one. I mean, no, I, I, I swapped. Actually, I'd be surprised if it was Pop Rocks either. Though it might have. I know. Might have been Deep Tracks, probably or something. If, if you had the Sat Radio yeah. rolling there, but um, but yeah, and then I had to go back and re-listen to it from the start. And oh yeah, that's a great track. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it, the studio version is uh, it, it's just so exceptional. It's so mm-hmm. clean. Uh, if I recall, he played like just guitar into an amp with great. no compressor or anything. Like he yeah. was one of those guys. It's all in the hands. Yeah, um, his guitar sounds great on that oh, song. Yeah, and that's just that's how a Strat can sound and should mm-hmm. sound. It's it's songs like that that make me not want to give up on on the Stratocaster. Yeah, I'm still a Telly guy in so many ways, but uh, that's a whole conversation, I think. <laughs> well, it is, and it it continue, it will always come up. Um, yeah, you know the. I think it just depends. I don't think you could possibly stick with one. No, uh, I I can't. Forever. Well, no, I mean, you I, could, but it would just. It, I don't know why if you think it would sound better with another one then i don't know why you wouldn't use it well there yeah there is a feel there's a feel aspect to like just the way they feel we, well we, yeah tellies seem to be they feel more flat to me not in the yep. sound or anything i know but, exactly what but you mean. The, yeah. the fretboard feels more flat and um yeah strats feel a little more scalloped i don't know if they are they're not scallop scalloped yeah. but they feel like you can dig more into a, a stratocaster yeah there's there's different uh there's different elements and some of them you can get on both too i mean yeah people tend to not want to admit it, but the Strat was an improvement on mm-hmm. the telly that they, you know, Leo said, okay, I can do better. And yeah. he put a tremolo on, he put a third pickup in and he made yeah. it more contour to the body. So it's got more rounded edges. So yeah. it's a very comfortable yeah. guitar, but tuning can be an issue like any guitar with, with a, a you know, a bridge that, mm-hmm. you know, with a, with a trim system on it. And, uh, you know, the, t- the telly, because as Brad Paisley calls it, uh, a baseball bat with strings, um, <laughs> You know, you can't really go wrong. And, yeah. uh, but to be honest, like depending on if I'm doing a session or if I'm just even playing live jamming, uh, I can make a Strat sound more country than my, uh, my telly because it, it, there's, a, there's a twangier sound to it, a, a, a hollow sound, especially if you, know, if you like go right to the bridge pickup and I turn the treble down a little bit to get, take mm-hmm. some of that quack out of it. Yeah. And then if you play near the bridge, you can get a really like, like a, like a TikTok-y kind of, man, yeah. uh, it's just nothing like it, but... The telly's actually used quite a bit in the like the math rock world. Yeah, it's like the signature sound is pretty much a, a Telecaster, and then a chorus pedal. Yeah, <laughs> and that's your emo math rock. Yeah, it's which funny. Beautiful. Which we have uh, from this era as well. We have to thank is uh, uh, the, the from the police, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that was telly with uh, with chorus and compression yeah, a lot beautiful. too. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. it's it's it's. Amazing and and the telly, you know, the, the tuning is so stable. Like if I'm ever doing an outdoor gig or whatever, it's yeah, yeah. I just go straight to telly. I, I've even I've taken my Les Paul out and it just doesn't hold up either, yeah. even though there's no tremolo system. But 
but as far as the strat sound, yeah, that, you know, Sultan's of Swing really ushered in a, a, a new, I don't know, kind of a clean strat sound. Because he uses that red one, right? Well, I, he he had others over the years. I To be honest, I, like, I, did you ever watch that? I have that uh, that live concert, that Alchemy. That was oh, their I first. Feel like, I think we watched. It I think together. we did in the house, yeah, yeah, quite a bit. And there's actually like a documentary in there too, like a oh, BBC yeah. documentary, and they show him. I think he was recording, making movies, probably oh, yeah. around that time. So, uh, yeah, really, really cool insight into his his world. But he, he, the funny thing is, by the time Brothers in Arms came around, that that's Les Paul, and oh, really? and his he actually plays Les Paul more, or from what I've seen anyway, yeah. like far more. Uh, through huh. through the through the ages after yeah. that, yeah, to get that really squawky. That's cool. I assume yeah. there's a wah that's turned on and left on Could, to make yeah. that sound. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But uh, you know, I, I I know I've told you before, but but uh, Mark, Mark Knopfler is the only guitar hero I had on my wall. Yeah, uh, that, when I was a that's kid. So funny. Well, it, 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 what's really funny is yeah, like he is like the anti guitar god, yeah. and I I think I've always had a bit of a you know sardonic take on on life as it is and yeah you know he's you know balding by then he's yeah, you know, so he's, funny. he's got these cheesy um uh those those sweat bands that you wear oh, on your wrist God, yeah of course i can see that yeah <laughs> you know he goes for a fucking run at night and you know probably like five in the morning oh yeah he yeah well i don't think he was a bad boy at all so yeah, i'm yeah. sure he was like up at the crack with him working out with sting when they were singing oh, that yeah. part i want my mtv that's, i'm that's sure they're yeah yeah sting yeah <laughs> but here's you know here's a guy that's just trying to write these really cool songs in, in an Irish folk tradition yeah. with, uh, you know, like slapping on some rock and yeah, it's, it's, it's been amazing to watch Mark Knopfler's journey. And the funny thing is the Dire Straits is really a small part of his journey. He has right. way more albums as a solo artist now. And even during this time, he was already doing soundtrack work. Um, right. There's a movie called Local Hero that really turned everyone's ears onto what he could do from an arranging perspective. I'm not sure if he's a, a reader or not. I would imagine Yeah, he's pretty, pretty accomplished, but uh, yeah, even by, I, by the time Dire Straits was done, he'd already done four soundtracks. Uh, he also mm-hmm. did the soundtrack to one of the best movies of all time, which is oh, the yeah. princess bride. Oh really? I didn't yeah. actually know that. That's yeah. Cool. So it's got some beautiful like swell, like some keyboard swells yeah. in the back. And then he's doing all these really cool, nice uh, guitar fills. Yeah. And, that's awesome. But there's a song called uh, Going Home, the theme from Local Hero. You'll see it on a lot of like Best of Dire Straits. It'll be like the one oh, song right. from his soundtrack era. Just an awesome, awesome uh, instrumental song. One of the few instrumental songs you can actually put on this too. It's got some great sax in it. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I disagree. I can listen to instrumental. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, excuse <laughs> yeah. me. Yes, how, how dare I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't but, be so rude. Um, yeah. I actually really like when uh, guitar, well, not even just guitar players, but any musician goes from the music industry and starts composing and scoring for films. Yeah. I think that's super cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and video games too. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about, uh, Stephen Wilson. Well, we should talk about, Stephen. (laughs) I don't think I have any vinyl involving Stephen Wilson, but probably not. Well, I have, I have vinyl that involves Stephen Wilson when he remastered or re remixed some of them. Like I've got, like he did, he remixes a lot of old progs. He's become the go-to guy to like really re-listen to old albums and like yeah. give them a, a fresh mix, and then they can make more money off the same old tracks. But yeah. uh, but it's good to hear his perspective on some of them. But I so I have some old Jethro Tull. We could uh, check. Oh out. Maybe, yeah, maybe that'll yeah. come up in the Jays. We'll see what uh, what yeah. happens. I'm trying That's to true. because there's 52 weeks in a year. And there's 26 letters in the alphabet, yeah. which means we can get two, you know, two, <laughs> one letter times two. So yeah. 
this is going to cover off D. I'm not going to call a, a, a technicality and make it a K, although I could. But yeah. uh, it's going to be D for Dire Straits. Because wasn't his was his brother David? Yeah, David Knopfler yeah. was in the band up until no, I don't think he was on this album. Actually, I think he was on up until uh, Love Over Gold, and then I think he was okay. done. Uh, really, it always was Mark Knopfler's band. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it was really sad. I don't know if you watched the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction with me, but they actually got in the Rock Hall a couple of years ago, and okay. like Mark didn't even show up. Oh, really? it was just like two guys that nobody knows really? that that are actually still in the band. Why didn't he go? Um, he just doesn't get along with them or something okay. I, i'm not i think it's something along those lines I'm yeah. Not, yeah uh i i try not to get too caught up in some of the negativity but the, you know a lot of these guys are pretty cantankerous you know they've had success and they're they they're happy that they've had success but the, they're artists and artists mm-hmm. usually just don't want to be bothered they just want to go make art and yeah. i i've always got the impression that mark Knopfler is one of those guys yeah he was such a an inst- <laughs> here we go Punny. This is very punny. Okay. He he's been instrumental ah, in yes. uh, yeah, in uh, also bringing to light and awareness uh, the importance of Chet Atkins. So oh, we always talk about Les Paul because, of course, he has one of the most iconic signature guitars yeah. of all time, the Les Paul. Yeah. He was one of the most important inventors of recorded music as well. But Chet Atkins was the other side of that coin. And was was he the one that they did the album together? Yes, that yeah, and that's yeah. yeah, that was in uh, 1990. It was called Neck and oh, Neck. Wow. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I have that saved. Still yeah, since yeah, it's it's a good record. That's, I that's mean, a, I love uh, yeah. collaborations of artists. I always find that so cool, especially <laughs> in that case because there was a generational gap, and a, mm-hmm. and a, it was a, a true, uh, it was an example of where Mark was coming off of people knowing who he was, and he mm-hmm. was using his newfound celebrity, if you want to use that, or cachet to bring to light the importance of of other acts and you'll see yeah. a, a lot of the people that i love do that like we were talking about leon russell right uh, yeah. bruce hornsby produced uh, his comeback record in 92 mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's just uh also long john baldry had a, had a couple albums out and uh, rod stewart and elton john each produced oh, a yeah. side so okay. that's cool know, actually yeah. yeah it's it's just a way that they can kind of you know pay it forward pay it back because right. a lot of our heroes nobody knows really mm-hmm. you know other than if you're a complete insider yeah but uh, yeah. yeah, going back to you know Dire Straits, I mean they have uh, ver- really they only have six albums, and then technically, and then they have an EP called uh, uh, Decadence. No, what was it called here? I should pull up the machine. I can That's actually. It's a clever name, Decadence. <laughs> well, yeah, I I, sh- I think it might be. I might have just reached into my, no, Extendance, Extended Dance EP lay. Yeah, so it's extended dance play ep so it was an ep had a song called twisting by the pool and it hadn't been released on cd for ages i think it's finally at least now available to stream mm-hmm. but it was uh not a great song necessarily but it had like four tracks on it so okay. you know two two songs aside and yeah it was just just a lot of fun but it was always that one little part of the part of the pie that you couldn't get your hands on if you were a fan plus right. he had some record label issues um i think he was on vertigo records in through his uk deal but then in the u.s it was he was through warner brothers so i don't know all the all the details around that but a lot of artists from the uk got caught up in some of this record label issue Mm -hmm. thing um warner was always a really important label for uh like finding things across the pond and bringing it over actually i was just watching um eric beato just released another video today uh it's about what was it? It was about uh, some. It, he got into. Re- oh, it was about 
Y2K and how it destroyed a lot of artists. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it, it was very, very interesting. Um, but he was talking about how in like 1983, um, the there was all those, uh, like all the media, um, you know, print media and television and radio were all owned by 50 companies. Yeah. And then in 2011, 90% of them were owned by five companies, mm-hmm. which was like, and then Warner was one of them, yeah. like Warner, Disney. CBC, I think, was one, and then I don't remember yeah, the other. Yeah. CBS, yeah, yeah, not CBC. Well, and, and it's even worse. There are mm-hmm. now uh, Warner and EMI were were feuding constantly uh, because, like, if you go back to when so Reprise Records was started uh, by Frank Sinatra, and it was part, okay. it was basically part of Warner Brothers, but yeah. um, he started because he was signed to Capitol Records, and he was mm-hmm. mad at them, I presume, for money or something. Right. So he started his own label and was actually recording for both at the same time. Oh yeah, but it's just funny and like a few decades later if, if i'm sure frank rolled over in his grave because now warner and emi are the same company it's, oh it's yeah. really sad yeah that's funny <laughs> it's almost like uh, yeah. like gang violence oh it totally is yeah the territory got <laughs> yeah. uh, swallowed up yeah that's funny yeah yeah it's it's amazing but uh, yeah their catalog i mean has always been available over here for the most part but uh yeah there was always that that one ep that kind of was hard to hard to get your hands on for a long time but it is available on streaming now but uh, bro- but brothers in arms is definitely the one that you know, it it was the first CD to sell a million copies. Yes, I was going to mention yeah. that. I remember you said yeah. they hit a milestone. With yeah, and it also had enormous hits. Of course, so far away, uh, Walk of Life and Money for right. Nothing, or you know, really about Walk of Life. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> and that that groove like that that he does that. That's a perfect example of the influence of Chet Atkins, right? So when you know when I'm six, seven years old and I'm hearing this stuff on the radio or on seeing it on videos, and like my mind's being blown because I'm. I'm such a nerd already at that age, and I'm yeah. seeing like, oh, here's this rocking guy with the MTV video, and yeah, but yeah. he's like doing these countryish kind of licks and stuff, and but yeah, that is cool. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was a just a really interesting time, but uh, yeah, they only did one more album after Brothers in Arms. It was called On Every Street, and, and even calling it they is kind of yeah. silly. I mean, really, uh, if you, I think on the wiki you can see all the different members, and mm. there was a I think was it Terry Williams? I think might have been the the uh, the bass player. That name's familiar. <laughs> Pick Withers, I love, always loved his name. That's yeah. the original, the original drummer. But he right. wasn't even on this album. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, John Isley was is the bass player. He's still around, actually. He's he's got a good presence on Twitter. Uh, Alan Clark on keyboards. Yeah, so a lot of the keys. Uh, Guy Fletcher on keys as well. Guy uh, Mark had a still has a or did have a really good long relationship with Guy Fletcher once he mm-hmm. went solo. But yeah, on this album, Terry Williams was the, the other drummer that took over that after. Sounds after very Williams. familiar. Well, he also played with uh, with Dave Edmonds, if okay. I recall. Okay. Through he's he has that that British kind of pub right. rock country slash you know connection, and then Omar Hakim. Well, yes, Omar Hakim, yeah. Sure. Well, when you start digging into the Sting solo stuff, you'll see okay. you'll start to see his name. Yeah, Omar Hakim is a just a fantastic drummer and it's funny because my understanding is that when when mark finally came over to the u.s when he became a solo act and he he was hiring american players and he was like he loved you know loved Mm. uh he wanted to sound more american but then these guys were so influenced by mark that they were actually sounding (laughs) more like him and he had to really kind of lay the hammer down as far as no i want you guys to do your thing for me to fit in yeah yeah Yeah. Of course, nowadays with the internet, we we take the, all of this for granted. We can mm-hmm. pull up anyone anywhere across the yeah. world, but uh, yeah. all four corners of the flat earth, as it were. Yeah, but. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I was just watching a, a genre that I'm probably not going to get into, 
Um, I can't remember if I showed you guys, but it's uh, Mongolian throat singing. Well, is it? There's that new band that's got. I think it's them that have. Uh, oh, they're they're on like Octane and okay on Much Loud. Like they they they're kind of a mashup between metal and like they have the guy from like I think Papa Roach does a duet oh, with them, okay, but yeah. there's like oh, it's all yeah, like, yeah, throat yeah, singing, yeah, but it's also yeah. kind of uh, accessible metal too. Yeah, yeah, it's a super uh, interesting oh, cultural yeah. thing that I'm for sure. I don't know if I could get super far into it, but. Um, even, uh, I don't know. There's lots of stuff like that. Yeah, it's tertiary. Right? Yeah. But Remember there's primary, secondary. Yeah. Tertiary. Quaternary. Is that the fourth one? Oh, Probably. Quad, yeah. yeah. Quint. You can just, yeah. Quintern, <laughs> yeah. You can have, uh, different, uh, circles around yeah, the things you love, exactly. but yeah, it's always good to at least, uh, check it out and, mm-hmm. and, and just know that all the good stuff is from the, uh, you know, from Africa and the rhythms yeah. and, and then a lot of our melodies come from, from the, the European side. So. Yeah. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what makes us. But yeah, the last album under the Dire Straits name was called uh, On Every Street. Some really great right. songs yeah, as well. Yeah, the, the name sounds super familiar. Well, that sometimes the songs from that album come up on our uh, on our vehicle journeys okay. in the uh, on the Deep Tracks Sirius XM. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, just a great great catalog of music. But then Mark finally went solo or or stopped using the Dire Straits name in uh, I think the first album was let me look here. It was 96, eh? yeah, Golden Heart, yeah. Yeah, very, um, <laughs> very dire straits. He is, it was yeah. great, great stuff, but he went down this this path of, of combining his loves of like very traditional folk music mm. with the light flourishes of the guitar. Uh, and he just became a storyteller, like a real full on lyricist. Yeah. I find a lot of the guys really want to do that. Even Hornsby went through that. That yeah. stretch, believe it or not, you know, he used to have his his brother writing a lot of his lyrics in the, during the Ranger, and then he started writing his own lyrics. And it's, yeah. uh, uh, I'm not always necessarily in love with the lyrics, but it's it's just neat to see that they even want to take that side yeah. on to be become a true voice and let let their yeah you know, let their let their voice be heard. Another album that uh, Mark Knopfler was involved with that is definitely worth checking out is uh, an album called Missing Presumed Having a Good Time. Oh, came, wow. out the, came out the same time as the the Chet Atkins album. It was yeah. there was a band called the Notting Hillbillies, right? Yes, I, I had them saved that. for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's another one of those curios in the in the catalog because I think it was just an extension of I presume of his mm-hmm. uh, record label commitments or whatever because it was on the same label, and uh, Guy Fletcher was in it as well. They they actually produced it together. Um, but Paul Franklin plays steel guitar. And now Paul Franklin Jr. technically, because his dad actually built steels, but that Paul Franklin just revolutionized uh, pedal steel guitar. He's really right. a natural guy, and um, and he became part of the the fold. Like he was yeah. a, a real foil, and and n- that's not the only Nashville connection with Dire Straits. Do you recall the uh, the Vince Gill connection? No, I've not. So Vince, so so before on every street. So in uh, but after Brothers in Arms, uh, of course, Vince Gill has always been a a longstanding touring vocalist and Mm -hmm. uh, guitar player. But and he had his own albums uh, through the '80s as an artist too, and never really, never really took off. But uh, Mark asked him to join Dire Straits. Oh, really? And uh, at least a tour. And he almost did it, but he said, "No, I'm gonna try this. Keep doing the solo thing." And then he took off and became a wow. And and it worked. So he's. He said it was one of the most impactful things I've ever heard, like as a quote from yeah. any celebrity. He said, 
the musician in me wanted to take it so bad, mm, but the artist in me said, "No, I can do this," yeah. and he did. So that's because I struggle with that too. I love being a side guy and an artist, or, or a, and a, just a player, but yeah. but I still want to be an artist too. I like I like writing songs. And yeah, that's have, sweet. Have my own voice, but yeah. So and Vince and I share a birthday, you know. So. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, so we're yeah we're practically related. Pretty we're, much, we're yeah. Practically basically. married, yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't know it yet. Yeah, not yet. But yeah, the uh, the missing presumed having a time. It was fun. It was it was a little more laid back. It's like a lot of these artists that they go through these phases of uh, doing kind of pet projects, quote unquote. Uh, okay. Uh, and and often they'll jump into the country world a little bit. So this was his first sort of official foray into country. Mm-hmm. And the cover of it actually, they have like that guitar there. They have oh, they yeah. each hold one. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> they, they each have so it was almost That's like a, I presume it was a play on the whole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was the album that made me popular. Now I'm going to do stuff that I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Even Nora Jones did a couple albums uh, under the a band name called The Little Willies. Oh. Yeah. It's <laughs> supposed to so, be like the oh, name. Yeah. Super entendre, yeah. yeah. Multi-entendre. Uh, <laughs> but, and Willie, of course, Willie Nelson, right? It was in a right. wash to him. But yeah, so that was her um, side project, kind of like the Notting Hill Willies. So. Right. And she also had huge success. So it's always nice to see that some of these artists, when they go through these phases of having success what are they actually going to do with it are they yeah. going to go buy lots of guitars well probably but yeah also get lots of lots of houses and <laughs> yeah apparently uh we were just uh we were watching how i met your mother yesterday because yeah. that's kind of we put it on in the background yeah. and uh, apparently uh, my friend was saying that now that uh, friends is not netflix right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what's going on yeah. Now, yeah um yeah my my friend was saying that um uh, the girl that plays Lily, uh, mm-hmm. something Hannigan. Yeah, the, uh, the redheaded girl. Or, yeah, uh, it starts with an A. Uh, and and uh, yeah, How, Hannigan. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, apparently she's like done acting now, and she's just a realtor. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, oh, apparently. Yeah, oh, she's just like, yeah. screw this. I'm just gonna like sell houses now. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Oh, it happens for sure. Yeah. And I and you can't blame them. Uh, yeah. It's it's a it's a racket. All all this stuff is a racket. There's a lot of and. You know, realty is an interesting one because you'll see a lot of uh, any uh, people just in media going to realty too. Because uh, mm. what you're doing is you're cashing in on your your name recognition. Yeah, so people know your name from that billboard when you hosted the news. Now you're going to jump over and you're going. And apparently, he was saying that she she doesn't have problems getting recognized. Yeah, which is probably not cool because yeah, how I met your mother was fairly big show, but it was. And if it's the same girl I'm thinking of, it she also was in American Pie. The movies, really? American Pie yeah, movies. I think it's the same one, yeah. And she was also uh, the host on Penn and Teller's Fool Us. Oh, is, oh, really? Okay, yeah. yeah. Which I love that show. That's <laughs> one of those shows I always see it listed on the guide. But, it's it's uh, great. Never... It's just it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Penn and Teller are hilarious. They are. Yeah, yeah it's great stuff. Uh, and then, then the only other collaborative album that uh, really matters with uh, with Mark Knopfler's in 2006, he did an album called All the Road Running with Emmy Lou Harris. It was a duets oh. album. Yeah. Okay. And and then there was a live album in concert, uh, real live roadrunner or all the live roadrunner or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was g- good that they collaborated on, on some you know some of his old material and then mm-hmm. just and wrote some new stuff as well. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a nice, collaboration of you know two of my favorite artists yeah, getting together. Definitely. But but you know Mark, I d- I haven't I didn't stick with his solo stuff. Um, you know it was that that whole turn of the century millennium mm-hmm. aspect too you know like once i found once material got more available i kind of spread it a lot thinner so now mm-hmm. i'll like check out an album once and then i'll never listen yeah. to it again oh it's so hard uh like even thinking about well i'm gonna listen to dire straits like 
it, it, you know, you'd have to have a pretty big ego to say, I don't have time to listen to it. Yeah. Cause you, Everyone's have, got time. you have all the time until you die, basically. That's and right. You're always going to have access to it. So it's just a matter of yeah. prioritizing what yeah. you listen to. So, but it's, it's really hard to prioritize it. <laughs> it. It is. But, and even this, like you saw, like we're, you know, we come from a long line of, uh, quasi OCD. Mm-hmm. But, and for me, it's like, Oh, what are we, what are we going to do today? Cause we actually didn't have a, an album mm-hmm. slotted in this week's slot, but, uh, just went through the list and, uh, yeah, it was either between this or the Beatles. So we started Healthy. going down the alphabet. So we picked yeah, our straights. Who are the Beatles? Oh, <laughs> well, it's fu- funny you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Good yeah. Lord. Oh, well, we funny. probably will have to do the Beatles. It's kind of hard point, to know. Yeah. yeah. My copy of, uh, um, I have like a capital version of, of Sergeant Pepper. Oh, I think yeah. it's a stereo mix, but it sounds really good. Like yeah. it's an old one, but well, yeah. I think, yeah, if you could do something obscure, like, well, we can talk around the Beatles and not talk about the yeah, Beatles. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That that's, could be a I lot mean, we've, of fun. We've probably done it already at some point. Yeah, well, we probably have touched on at least too. Um, you know, like Paul has a brother, Mike McGear, and okay, he produced his. Own. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. We, we could talk about Mike McGear. The, the <laughs> I, kind of, I almost thought you were joking. No, for a yeah, Mike McGear is uh, Mike McCartney, but he right. went by Mike McGear, and Paul produced the album. It was like oh, seventy-four, wow. or whatever. Yeah, so so there's a little curio yeah. there. Of course, there's the whole Apple Records connection, right? Yeah. Um, that we could go into who was on Apple Records and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm li- like to try and keep it to whatever's in the vinyl collection, at least to start. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that's a good jumping off point anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I owned, uh, or I still own, yeah, Golden Heart was the, the first solo album. And, uh, yeah, Sailing to Philadelphia was a really nice album. Uh, James Taylor did a, did the oh, yeah. Sang Harmony on that one. That's Ray cool. Quicker's Dream was good. Uh, Shangri-La. I think that's where I stopped. Uh, you're, yeah. by the way, your, uh, your mom's dad, your grandpa, he's a huge fan of oh. Mark's too. Yeah. I, the, I think that. he always says that's his favorite album of really? all time. Yeah. And, uh, the, I think he bought some of the solo stuff later yeah. in the later years too. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder what would connect with him. Well, it was, it was definitely that record that yeah. that changed a lot of people's lives. Uh, dire Straits, Brothers in Arms, and uh, Paul Simon Graceland, roughly uh, within the same era. Although Graceland was a year later, but that's funny too because I, I was talking. We were looking at records yesterday at the Indigo, and yeah. you know, he made that funny joke about <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, never and, heard of uh, it. Yeah, if he's listening, then he knows what I'm talking <laughs> about. Um, that was a funny joke, and. Uh, and Graceland was there, and I was educating oh, really? him because like I, a new version of Grace, or like uh, a new. I, it looks new, definitely. Oh, yeah, okay. um, yeah, it would have to be, yeah. And uh, I, I was trying to share the the fun fact, but I couldn't remember. I just said, I think yeah. this album's responsible for ending famine somewhere. But uh, close, a part something, of it, yeah. Like that. Part of it, yeah. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> not resp- directly responsible, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. Well, it was because yeah, Paul. He kind of you as a. So in order to try and put pressure on South Africa to end apartheid, a lot of these uh, mm-hmm. other countries were tr- were imposing sanctions and uh, trade embargoes and vis- yeah. like visitation embargoes too. And so when Paul just decided to, nah, screw you guys, I'm just going to do this anyway because he wanted to do it musically. Um, right. Yeah, he ended up like hiring, you know, South African players okay. and, and recording a lot there. And, was, and, and so he was actually in there. Like. Yeah, he went and he got in big trouble for it. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily illegal. I think it was just counter to, you know, what, yeah. what the common notion was. Similar to like the you know Cuban things, but right. uh, but yeah, after that, uh, that coupled with a lot of other events too, I think just you know with with Live Aid happening to music mm-hmm. and and politics, everything started coming the around. Domino, yeah, a big dawn effect. So by nineteen ninety, I mean Nelson Mandela was out of out of jail finally, oh, and yeah. uh, oh. and then became, I guess he'd be president, right? I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Died in prison. No, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, did he? No, no, no he. No, that's yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the that's the Mandela. Yeah, right. That's a Mandela. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, they're the you know, the cultural evolutions. But yeah, Grayson was really, uh, really important with sparking the what we call world music, which is such a white, white person <laughs> so thing to weird. say. <laughs> but it's yeah, music that's not North American or yeah. you know, identifiably. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. When I when I was taking lessons <laughs> with Chris, uh, um, we were we were doing the harmonic minor scale, and I was like, yeah, I think. This is the one that's like uh, kind of makes me think of uh, like Cleopatra, like a, yeah. an Egyptian sort of thing. And every, everyone agrees with me too. And he's course. like, yeah, but I think it's also mostly just not white music. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you could call it whatever you want, yeah. but yeah, put a name on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, his and his uh, soundtrack work continued somewhat, I think, through, but uh, I'm not sure what he's done lately. He seems to come out with a new album every three years, give or take. Oh, really? And, you know, it usually comes out, I listen to it once, go, yep, that sounds just like another Mark Offer record, and then I stop, which is not fair to him at all, because it doesn't mean it's not good. It just, yeah. again, there's just so much good music, but uh, I always enjoy it, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely um, am really glad that uh, that he exists I and agree, that yeah. the music exists. Um, well, uh, yeah, Sultans of Swing was one of the biggest uh, pushes for me to, like, I mean, I was already learning guitar at that time, yeah, but that was definitely a, a very big point for my guitar playing <laughs> for sure it's pretty rare that you hear like such well articulated clean guitar on a rock channel yeah or whatever it just pops out every time and yeah. like the fact that he uses his fingers yeah. we haven't mentioned that but i'm, no, I'm that's sure right. some people yeah. don't know that yeah i don't think he ever uses he might now i don't know yeah. but yeah back then no it was all all in yeah. the hands for which sure. is very impressive you can definitely hear it in lots of his um his not sweeps but uh the rolls, uh, yeah. uh, what is it? raking the rakes? Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah, he does that. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he really perfected that. That's why, again, with with money for nothing, like that, mm-hmm. that's all in the hands too. And that's you know, it, it's it, yeah. he's got that those upstrokes where he's not hitting a note; he's just kind of giving it that that percussive sound. And the, um, and his tone on that song is oh, incredible. So cool. Yeah, it just it just cut through and. Yeah. Um, but again, that in that that Chet Atkins connection there, you know, I I think I showed you that one clip where he and Chet were doing a, a show together. Yeah, I think you were. And Vince Gill was in the crowd. It was before oh, Vince really? got popular. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> awesome. showed a clip of him. Yeah, yeah, That's it was so about, cool. Yeah, he was just starting to finally get his 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 wings as a as a solo <laughs> artist. But awesome. yeah, and uh, when they when they trade off licks, like you can hear the influence of Chet on Mark, uh, mm-hmm. and then of course Chet just freaking slays because he does yeah. those those rolling triplets those yeah. oh it's That's just, so, just so good yeah. yeah yeah he's uh he's quite the dude yeah. yeah yeah sure love him yeah you bet um yeah we're gonna i'll put up a little bit of a, a playlist i guess up on spotify yeah. as well we'll uh, go through i'm not sure god i i know where to start i just don't know where to end exactly there's yeah, you'll have to be the guider because I'm. Yeah. I I would just probably put songs everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, and right, I, at this point, anyways. I'm not going to make it too obscure either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I do find that. Uh, well, yeah, I think it, you don't want to make it obscure just for the sake of being obscure. Yeah, um, yeah. Look at look how deep I can go. In yeah, this catalog. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so. there's a lot of douches that do that, well, and I, I, I could. Well, do I don't that. hate it, but well, it's just silly. It's yeah. Just, yeah, just if you like it, listen to it. Like, <laughs> to be honest, the uh, the, the Spotify playlists are mm-hmm. outstanding. Like, they are really good. If you go like to this is, there's probably a this is Mark Knopfler, this is Dire Straits and Mark Knopfler. It'll it's be crazy, great. Yeah. and and it's yeah. it's almost like it generates it on the spot. And I don't know how it works, but I'd love to learn. They do update them occasionally, like if because I've had them saved down. And then oh, yeah. it'll be like all of a sudden it'll be updating and it'll like 
there'll be right, like two new songs right. in and they've probably pulled others up. So I don't know if they're constantly uh, checking it through an algorithm or if they just randomly, know, but the labels might get involved too, but yeah. True. But like the, why I say that too, though, is that there's a lot of, uh, like, like I was mentioning the math rock bands that I was listening to on Spotify, like, uh, uh, Delta sleep is one of them. They're incredible. I showed you yeah. and mom, some of them actually, they're really good. Yeah. And, uh, I definitely don't think they have a label cause they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. But, um, yeah. it's like, you'll listen to it and then it, they already have a playlist of like more like this. Yeah. And I'm like this, they literally have like a thousand listens per song. How do yeah. they already have a playlist? Like, yeah. and it's like every single band has one and it's just, just piles yeah. to the infinity of music. It's like, yeah. So if I listen to this because I listen to this, yeah. then I could really like this too. Yeah. So yeah, the sad part is that like, so the, there's those algorithms and they're constantly tweaking them and it's, it's intriguing, right? Because you could think that they're, you know, wow, they're, they're finding songs that I know and like and, mm-hmm. and love, but they do find that when they study them, that it tends to end up leading to the same set oh, of songs, yeah. at least through radio. Yeah. They, I guess it would have to. Though. At a certain point. Yeah. Because you start to, to grab the fringes of what's popular. Right. And then it starts to pull it in, but if everyone you know, everyone I know, mm-hmm. has unique music taste, right? Like yeah, we all definitely. think we do, and we do. Yeah. Everyone does. Even yeah. the most, you know, normie will like, you know, Florida Georgia Line and Hank Williams Senior or whatever. Like, oh, look at how cool I, you know. So, though, for an algorithm to try and catch what the what the connections are to those is, mm-hmm. boy, yeah, it's know. crazy. It's, it goes far beyond tempo. It goes far beyond key. I, I have no idea how they well. They attach metadata to them somewhat, like fun, joyous, happy, sad, yeah, angry. Like even that's totally subjective, though. Co- totally, some yeah. of the uh, like the happiest songs make me cry. Like, I was just of course. not even happy. This one's more angry, but I was just crying watching the Bulls on Parade music video. Oh the other yeah, day. It's just so. There's nothing more powerful. Art. Yeah. It's purely it art. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. actually. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so yeah. inspiring. <laughs> well, yeah, I wish I had some vinyl uh, with Rage. I mean, Agreed. we could, we could talk, and they don't even have that many albums, unfortunately. Yeah, but three plus the covers record, and then mm-hmm. some live stuff. But it's and they're all good. Yeah, <laughs> it it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could dip into Audio Slave a bit, and then the yeah. Tom Morello solo stuff, and then of course right back to Springsteen because Morello filled yep, in for Stephen Van Zandt for and for a few shows, a few tours. Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Um, I don't know. There's so much. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, there's, there's something to be said for just being moved by a performance too. Mm-hmm. Right. And Definitely. sometimes, well, yeah, like just, uh, I think you, you could just feel their energy, like in the music video. It's, yeah. it's because it, the lyrics have made me cry. And that's on because, Oh, for sure. When I started yeah. learning and getting into politics and stuff, I it was very moving that, uh, I was very inspired that they have the balls to say things like this. I'm Thank like, you. uh, yeah, like it almost makes me tear up right now. Sure. Like, well, yeah, it's so it's, cool that they, they they do that. Um, yeah, but yeah, and it's coupled with uh, like graffiti, um, very subversive uh, graffiti art yeah. that I'd actually like to get tattooed on me. Uh, yeah, some pretty cool. Like, there's one graffiti. You know the cover of the Battle of Los Angeles? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's like the guy. That. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. that, except he's he's holding a wad of cash. And, and yeah, yeah, it's like awesome. that. It's, he's holding a wad, of, and and in his body it says, "These are the thoughts that burn your cities." Oh, yeah, and now I saw it. Holy, that's awesome. The, the sad part about Rage, though, is that 
I actually don't agree with. Oh, yeah, no, me, but me oh, I just love the way you guys are like <laughs> totally, doing this. Yeah. Like, I, well, and that's why I they're think... they're full on anarchists. Like, they, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. and I like okay, yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't know. In some that. ways, I'd like to think. Uh, that yeah, that's that could why happen, I. But, that's yeah. kind of what really opened my eyes is even over the past couple of years, going from like really hard left leaning uh, stuff. Uh, you know, assuming anarchy falls off at left, yeah, or right, whatever, yeah, Who it cares. It doesn't matter, yeah. It's but yeah, just one big circle. But yeah. I can't say I've ever listened to hardcore racist music. <laughs> no, no, try not to. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't think I have. Maybe, but you may have accidentally. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think though. there are some. It usually falls in the punk territory. That's sadly, true, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Like punk got taken over by uh, Nazism in the mm-hmm. like in the very late seventies, early eighties. Which 80s. sucks because a lot yeah. of them were like. Like my punk friend, he, he always yeah. wore a, a crossed-out swastika because he hates Nazis. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and, which is, I think, what a lot of the true punks had to do because they had to disassociate themselves. Oh, that's Similar true. to how yeah. intelligent right-leaning people have mm-hmm. to separate themselves from proud nonsense boys yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, yeah, it's it's a constant reminder that we're not... You can't just throw everything in one bucket. And yeah, and it's, but what I, what I meant by that, though, is actually that, yeah, I don't have to agree with everything you say. Yeah, and but the passion and the, mm-hmm. yeah, the articulation and... If it was something I disagreed with, it'd be a little different. But I, I do agree with like, you know, who? Uh, there's another one. It's there. There. It shows them. They're printing off sheets of white paper, and it says, uh, "It's another. It's a hand holding cash." And it says, "Who is above the law?" Exactly. And it's like, yeah. Oh, Plus, so. we we would probably feel a lot different if we lived where they're talking Definitely. about too, yeah. right? So, but yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. music has has that power. And, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Yeah, and if uh, in in a way to bring it back to the Brothers in Arms record, mm-hmm. I mean, the song. Um, money for nothing really like oh, the, the yeah. lyrics were Absolutely. he he was intentionally being cheeky and poking at the very thing that made him popular yeah which i think is so brilliant and, yeah and then of course he made that like the the faggot line like he used mm-hmm. the word faggot, yeah. and he definitely like i think i read he re- regrets it but he at the time he was not putting them down he was saying you're yeah y- yeah th- this is bs this is about image not about yeah you know, music yeah i think if you use a word like that and it, but if you use it correctly then it's well for sure I yeah think it's fine absolutely I mean, yeah i but i'm also not homosexual so I, i'm not offended well by yeah that, of but. course it's <laughs> not for us to be offended by uh, right it's, yeah i don't know yeah yeah but yeah that is a really cool song um what what year was this this was 85 yeah and when did mtv start 81 81 okay. yeah yeah, huh. August tenth. So he was ahead of his time. And <laughs> well, he was. I mean, but yeah, he was also. Videos had been a thing. They, but mm-hmm. they weren't super popular. They were um, used primarily on just te- either television shows. Like there right. would be like a half-hour video show. Uh, they were actually, I think, more common in the UK. Like there would be like Top of the Pops, like those sort of television shows where they'd have live performances and then they drop in like a. A music video that right, been, right. Like obviously that that the, the funniest one is that uh, is the Bohemian Rhapsody one, right? Like okay, that was a music video from 1975. Oh, you yeah. know when they're they're all in black, right? That right, picture yeah, of them. yeah, yeah, that's classic. Yeah, but but yeah, one. MTV be, you know became just a, a a really powerful force, and then in '84 yeah. we got the Canadian version, much music. Oh, okay. Which yeah. I never watched yeah. through because I always had the American satellite dish. But uh, yeah, it, it it changed everything from '81 to '84. 485 it was just uh everyone jumped on the bandwagon and started making videos using them as artistic statements well, it, yeah it adds a whole other level of artistic yeah. layer to it yeah um but yeah the lyrics in that song at the time i never really considered them when i started listening to it but looking back um uh even like sultans of swing which was the yeah one that, the lyrics in that are, it's yeah. just it sounds like a story but it's still cool. it is a story yeah, yeah. It's, i don't it, know if it's a true story no i don't actually i don't know much about that 
wow, I'm a bad fan. Yeah, yeah. Shame. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go do it. You know, this is probably a good time. I'm gonna yeah. s- sign <laughs> off and I'll go look and see what something swing is actually about. Maybe you listeners can do the same and uh, feel free to to shoot me a message. There's actually a link in the uh, in the podcast description where you can actually leave a voice note and uh, oh, we can cool. drop it into the show and uh, oh, that'd be yeah. Sweet. So. Oh, so I, I'm gonna tell some people. About yeah, that. you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see what see if we can actually air them or not. Yeah. But, uh, okay. <laughs> and of course, you can always hit me on the socials at Karak Hendricks. Uh, all of the platforms. Uh, yeah, let let us know what you're what you're thinking about this show. It's uh, super nerdy, and uh, that's just the way we like it. And so far, we have got a few listeners. We got uh, more more than thirty, I think. So, oh wow! Yeah, yeah so not bad. Now that that that's could drop off once they actually hear what we're talking about. But <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's cool. But uh, and hopefully everyone's digging the uh, artwork that I uh, totally oh, yeah. ripped. I ripped off the um, uh, the Mario Super Mario Brothers yeah, that artwork. Cool, yeah, I was having fun with that. Is trying trying to keep it a little bit retro. But yeah. and uh, if anyone's paying attention to, I've deliberately kept these. Uh, these podcasts to around 40 minutes, 45 mm-hmm. minutes, which is the length of a proper vinyl 33 and a third LP. Yeah. 22 and a half minutes aside, 45 minutes, yeah, 90 minute word. cassettes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 90 minute cassette, blank, blank tapes. You could throw a couple, couple sides of vinyl on one side. And, and then CDs were just by storage, right? Not by yeah. time, but I guess yeah. that you could probably convert. But do you know how the, how they pick the length of storage of how it's what eight, eight megabyte? So no, it's eight, it, initially it was, uh, well, it's 800 megabytes. Or 800, right. Yeah. Uh, I think initially, though, it was even like 740 megabytes okay. or something, but uh, then they managed to squeak it up to 80. So it was 80 minutes of music was the most you could put on a CD. Oh, right. But yeah. the length yeah. was originally 74 minutes, and it was because that was how long a specific piece of orchestral music was. Oh. Um, like whoever was involved in designing yeah. the compact disc wanted to be able to hear an orchestra piece very clearly, cleanly, without yeah. surface noise from a record or, or hiss from a tape. And they wanted it to be long enough that I, he could fit this specific. Right. So I wonder piece. how long it could be then. Well, that's the thing is the technology was designed around that. So yeah, once things got moving, uh, you you could have made they like a, a Blu-ray disc holds like probably a hundred CDs true, yeah. worth of data. That's right? true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. But because it's it's always the the need, like the the, the need drives the invention, right? So mm-hmm. he needed a small little disc that yeah. could fit that resource music and then we became stuck with that well so was it was it for personal reasons or was it no it, with I, the intent of yeah the mass intent. production as yeah. well as personal yeah. okay but i they like a lot of things um like a lot of things on the internet uh innovation comes from pornography uh in the okay, I music i've ever heard that <laughs> <laughs> Think, yeah, just think, think it through. It, it, porn did it first, right? I but, guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but on in in the uh, entertainment side, uh, it, it always comes back to classical music uh, because mm-hmm. there's a refinement to orchestral and jazz. Yeah. So most things will will come through that uh, for fidelity. So you, the people that have money are the people that want to enjoy quote unquote the finer things. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to spend more or able to spend more on things like more expensive record players, or in this case, right. oh, this digital disc that I can put in and I don't hear any pops and scratches from yeah. a, a piece of vinyl or have to sit and turn it over. Yeah. I can just let it play. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we hit over 45 minutes, so I kind of ruined it, but okay. uh, it's okay. All right, well. <laughs> Under 50, then. Yeah. <laughs> just change the rules. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, on a complete nerdy note, uh, you used to be able to fit 46 and a half minutes on a side of a 45 if you had the right... Uh, Huh. Like I, it was never exactly forty-five. Right. Oh, oh, that that totally makes sense. Forty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's forty-five minutes. 
Yeah, that, like on on a blank cassette. Yeah, there'd be forty five yeah. minutes of side. It'd be a ninety minute. Oh. Although the sixty minutes sounded better because they were th- they had thicker tape. Right. So, but uh, huh. yeah, they they didn't cool. the, the sixty minute tapes didn't make any sense for, um, like for like doing an album. You'd do like mm. a, a side and a half on one side, and then you flipped over, finish up that side, and then you'd have room for about another side of something. So yeah, yeah, for <laughs> for us OCD people, yeah, did it, it, it didn't yeah. work. So you had to make mixtapes, which I wasn't really into because no. it didn't line up with my OCD tendencies. Well, I made CD mixtapes. I made a couple now. I made three, I think. For sure. Those are always fun. They're fun to make, yeah. Yeah. And the nice thing about making a mixtape or or playlist even is you have to commit. You You have to, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can hit shuffle on on something digital, but uh, making that playlist order is a, it's an art in itself. And plus the fact that you're getting audio, specific audio. Like I accidentally got a song. It was actually a Palais Royale song. I didn't realize how emo they were. Oh, super emo. But I, I really like their song, Dying in a Hot Tub. And uh, the yeah. song I got, it was in 8D. So whenever we played it in the car, it would it would constantly spin around like we were in the... Yeah, and it was super weird, but it was kind of cool. Wow, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's... Yeah, it, they call it 8D. I, I mean, I can't even explain the fourth dimension. I've tried to understand it. It is super complicated. <laughs> I'm going to have to look, up, look that up. Yeah, but the, when Travis Scott released his song last year... Uh, the hell is highest in the room i was really hyped for that um oh he, they he did phasing a, probably yeah. yeah he did they yeah. called it 8d and you if you watch the video in vr and you have the 8d and you're looking around and it's like oh, yeah it's super cool i'm gonna go throw up yeah okay this is Kara yeah. hendrix that's <laughs> colin hendrix uh yep. this road is mine uh we'll talk to you next week